you know, I mean, do we have to hear each other? That's not really that important in life, listening. Uh, well, unless we're going to release just like one of our recordings without the other, it probably would be a good idea. <laughs> I still think that's a good idea. Yeah, make them work for it, you know? I, it's like avant-garde. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah. Hi. So this is episode one, which I have tentative, right? tentatively titled The Phantom Mooseness. Mm, nice. And do you know why I've done that? I, I can't, for the life of me, think of why what it could be. So Will... Oh, wait, may- uh, Will is now running a moose sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, don't. I don't want to advertise that. Well, it's they not so much be. a sanctuary, I guess. The, the uh, actually, it's probably about the farthest thing from a sanctuary. Um, but you do yeah. seem to have a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, they seem to think I'm running a sanctuary. Uh, moose are a big, just staple of Alaskan life, but. Um, where we're living right now seems to be quite the salad bar for the local population. And, um, yeah, we've been having some visitors that we don't want. And if you're not from Alaska, you may think, oh, nice, just kind of a big deer. But moose are a little bit more um, intense than you may imagine if you haven't seen them up here they're quite large i mean they're they're, bigger than bears yeah they are it's it's pretty wild how big they are even i mean i've grown up in alaska but even still seeing a moose i'm always shocked it's uh yeah there's uh in alaska the animals are either um extremely large or extremely small so the bears are bigger the moose are bigger and then the rodents and stuff, they're, those, they're all smaller, which is kind of interesting. Huh. Um, I think it's a remnant of sort of isolation after the Ice Age and not, um, I don't know, I guess not having as much, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, evolutionary like uh, variety or something. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is not an evolution podcast, but anyway, things be. are big. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, so yeah, we've had some moose coming around, and um, yeah. Is there a moose? Uh, is there a moose charging your internet right now? Because it's kind of like cutting in and out. We are having some technical <laughs> difficulties. I hope everybody will bear with us. Oh, or moose with us. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, it's uh, it, it's tricky to try to do a podcast where one of us, where I mean, we're like 5,000 miles away from each other, and mm-hmm. I live in a pretty rural area, and so sometimes the internet works, and sometimes it doesn't, and kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, and I'm in Iowa, so I'm actually talking on an ear of corn right now, um, which gets better <laughs> reception than you'd think, but yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently. Um, so yeah, you actually had, uh, you actually had to deal with a moose and you have another one. So this is kind of a scary thing because you've still got some dogs in the yard and you have puppies. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, we do have puppies. Um, so yeah, our, one of our great dogs, Ophelia, who is now three, um, or will be three, I think, uh, actually she's got one more month before her birthday. Um, she had puppies this year and, um, so we have four amazing little 
adorable sled dog puppies who are going to be five weeks old this week and um they are awesome i love them they are amazing um but of course we do not want them to be stomped or hurt by moose and moose can sometimes be aggressive and uh territorial and they have some of the moose have decided that our backyard is their territory so um yeah it's uh it's kind of tricky and so we had one moose who was a young moose probably maybe a yearling like born last spring um who seemed to be missing her mother uh normally she should still have her mom or maybe she just got kind of booted but um she really decided that our yard was her home and the normal ways of scaring her off like making loud noises and throwing rocks and um uh even like driving at her like towards her with a an atv or a car i mean eventually all of this stuff stopped uh being effective she didn't care anymore and she actually um so we have we have our dogs live outside. It's way more comfortable for them, um, and in the, inside the house is too hot for them. So they live outside. But the moose a couple times tried to charge them, and then because uh, I was out there, I got in between the moose and them. And then a couple other times, the moose actually charged me. I had to run back. I mean, like run away from the moose, which uh, luckily Very I was able exciting. to do. And I was. Yeah, too exciting. Excitement you don't really want. Um, it's scary to have a, you know, maybe thousand pound animal running towards you. And again, she was really small. She was a small moose. Those moose can get to be, I mean, really giant. But um, so, uh, yeah, let's see. The day before yesterday, we did end up having to... Uh, shoot her um there was just she wasn't getting there was no way she was going to de-escalate she had basically moved in we called the troopers we called fish and game and they were like listen if hazing's not they call it hazing if that's not working anymore there's going to come a point where you're going to have to um do that or she's going to hurt you or the dogs and so um we did uh, shoot her. We made sure that we did it in a way that was as um, quick and painless as possible. Our friend and the person who helps at the kennel, Sarah, who is a, um, uh, what do you call it, a marksman. She's She was in the Navy and trained with shooting there and has shot guns her whole life. Um, she shot the moose. She did a perfect shot and basically got her behind the shoulder so that it would like go through her lungs and heart and it was um almost almost instantaneous she took the moose took about i think maybe like maybe 10 steps or something and 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 then collapsed and then we had to it took us about six hours to um oh i guess about five hours to to clean her so we had to we had to skin her and gut her and and basically prepare her body to be used and in Alaska um, there are charities set up where people um, will receive moose that are killed either on the road that's the most typical way or like in this kind of a situation 
we called the troopers and we called this and then the troopers sent out the the people who are associated with the charity and they get the meat so that the moose is not wasted in any way um you know we try to use every part and be respectful um you know it was tough like i didn't want to kill an animal i i didn't i mean sarah did it but i still i was responsible you know i made the choice and right. i've never killed anything before like larger than a fly and i you know i had some moral qualms about it i really didn't want to do that um but it came to that point that it was needed and um so we just tried to do it in the most humane possible way yeah it so. sounds like it was sort of the i mean it's a shitty situation but it sounds like it was handled about the best possible way that it could be given that the moose wasn't just going to up and leave of its own volition right. but yeah that's yeah. that's a tough one just i mean taking a life there's just i don't know there's something about i've just I, i've never really been a hunter um so it's it's not something that i would really want to do um, but I know that there are situations where, you know, it's called for. And obviously, if you're defending yourself and your property and your puppies, uh, right? you don't really have any other options. But yeah, it is kind of sad. These yeah, large, it's totally sad. Majestic creatures. Yeah, and there's just, I mean, um, I guess I am very empathetic. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad took me hunting with him and a buddy to go hunt, um, I think pheasants or something, some kind of bird, some kind of fowl. And, um, they just got one, my dad shot it. And I remember when he shot the bird, God, it made me so sad. And I was just so like, hated it. And even, um, like my dad would take us fishing and I just hated even killing the fish. You know, I just don't like killing things and it's not, it's not something I enjoy. Um, but that being said, I mean, I think it's really like living, um, subsistence living. I have so much respect for it. I have so much respect for, um, you know, respectful hunting. And, you know, in the same way, even though obviously this wasn't hunting um, for our own food, I still, I still felt weirdly compelled to like thank the moose and, and, you know, I apologized to the moose, but I also thanked her for the sustenance she did provide because she did feed people and she did, you know, provide uh, nourishment for somebody. And so hopefully it's not a waste. And um, in that, and I didn't, I really was anticipating feeling um, horrible, but I guess in the moment of, of apologizing and saying thank you I I felt okay and 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 doing the processing the meat and like going through that what felt like this sort of very ancient um ceremony of of taking this life like apart um it felt weirdly like right and good um now again I'm not gonna go out of my way to shoot an animal for no reason but um yeah it was uh it was an interesting experience that's for sure now this is also kind of interesting because you have kind of a serial killer obsession <laughs> um, i know i keep telling people i well i just have actually because of a different podcast the only reason is because i listened to my favorite murder and then i got uh -huh, more interested sure. in like true crime and then um 
yeah, if you're a podcast listener and you haven't listened to My Favorite Murder, it's great. It's very entertaining. But, um, yeah, purely because of that, I started being a little bit more interested in true crime. And then I started, like, reading about, um, about serial killers. I think that, um, my obsession with that actually came, you know, we're trying to talk about mental health, I guess, but sometimes I have a fear that I don't have access to my emotions and I started really honestly wondering like am I a sociopath but I think maybe I'm not <laughs> and I I don't think I'm a serial killer after having so much angst about um about this moose so well uh, so yeah so I mean that's supposed to be a sign is um when you feel terrible about like killing an animal or something um right which I also, I think I've mentioned I'd accidentally shot a bird with a BB gun when I was, like, really young. I was, like, yeah. eight or nine. And I don't know why I did it. I think I just, it was one of those things where I was just, like, shooting, like, trees and cans out in the yard. And, like, yeah. it was just almost like a reflex. And, like, oh, there's a thing. And then I, I can still see the little pool of blood on the bird bath. Yeah. And I just feel so terrible. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so they, I have a couple of thoughts. They say that asking if you are a psychopath or sociopath is one of the signs that you are not because you are self-aware enough to understand like that aspect of social interaction and empathy and feelings and different degrees of that and kind of worrying Mm. about it is a sign that you probably aren't however uh i think both of us really love the podcast you're wrong about and sarah marshall has a lot of thoughts basically that that both of those concepts uh, sociopathy and psychopathy are kind of these nebulous like poorly defined kind of semi-made up things um Mm -hmm. so yeah you might be a serial killer i you know i don't want (laughs) you to feel too good about this you know the box of lucky charms on top of my fridge better watch out that's all i can say yeah well just as long as you don't eat the puppies (laughs) of course (laughs) you know that's the thing i keep i do see people talking like there's somebody on Twitter keeps saying nom 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 to all the puppy photos. I know. Well, and <laughs> it makes there's me apparently so concerned. a thing. There's a, apparently a, a that's a real thing with both like puppies, like baby animals, and also baby humans, where there's some weird combination of of brain chemicals or something where something is so cute that that's the only thing that you can the only way you can think to express how cute it is is that you want to take a bite out of it. Now, hopefully, you don't actually do it. Right, I'm, oh I'm hoping there's some strong impulse control here, but apparently that's a real thing. I personally <laughs> have never wanted to, to eat a puppy, uh, right? So I, I don't yeah. know how true that is. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Well, maybe it's just like a step away from like the sort of oral fixation to mm-hmm. uh, the other thing. You know what you were talking about with Sarah Marshall's. Um, I read uh, her piece on Ted Bundy, which was interesting, and talking about um, the psychopathy thing and um, sociopath, like that assignment, and it does it does I think relate in a way to like mental health stuff, and um, that it reminded me so much of um, the borderline personality disorder assignment just because um and i am not a i'm not a scholar in this or anything i'm just totally talking through my own personal experience with um you know all that fun mental health stuff but um 
my understanding of borderline personality disorder, especially when I, so I was diagnosed as borderline when I was in high school. Oh, really? But yeah. And, um, That's and surprising. now I have a, well, now I have a different understanding of that. And I don't know if it's the case. I don't, I don't know. Um, well, my, so the one thing that I would think was, of is that, um, with you being trans, that might be, I, I may be speaking out of line here, but um, I'm wondering if that was just kind of like a, an inexact way of trying to kind of triangulate some of the issues that I, because I mean, everybody has all these crazy issues they're going through in high school. And I imagine for you, there's probably some particular difficulties and circumstances that don't present or that don't present for cisgendered people. I, I'm kind of generalizing here. Does that sound at all right. likely? Maybe. Well, I mean, like probably as far as relating to transness, that might be a little bit more complicated. But I guess in a way, you're right about the tri- like trying to triangulate. So I that diagnosis was given twice. It was given twice by two different people. But in both <laughs> cases, it was um, a really fast and sort of like felt like a fast and loose diagnosis. Like, uh, I don't know exactly what you are, but we're just going to say you're borderline. And so that's what I was trying to say to go back. Like, I felt like um, when things cannot be categorized, we still have this impulse to categorize them. And, um, and yeah, at the time, both of those diagnoses for me, um, from what it sounded like, uh, and from what I can remember, which is, Maybe who knows, but um, yeah, just trying to catch all. Like I, I feel like we're so uh, interested as a species in like knowing exactly what something is, labeling something, which again also kind of goes with the trans thing, I guess. But um, you know, I mean, every you know, we might all have sort of similar mental health things, but you know, there could be one single different diagnosis for every single one of us. Yeah, um, well, and I also think that everybody's somewhere on a spectrum for probably almost everything. Um, but I, yeah, I'm also exactly. Kind of a, I'm kind of a believer too that you can, you can kind of think of things differently. Like you can take this collection of symptoms and you can describe it one way, but you can describe it another way, and both of them may be valid. I can't speak to whether they right. would both be clinically valid, but um, right. <laughs> The borderline thing does kind of surprise me You, with, with you describing it as kind of a fast and loose thing because my understanding of it nowadays is that they're pretty careful with handing that out and that in yes. a lot of circumstances they don't tell people that they have it. Um, right. Because that can cause, that can like really exacerbate some of the issues that are present with it. And I know that that one is, uh, I know that, you know, mental disorders and mental health issues are going to be somewhat dynamic, but my understanding of that one is that it tends to kind of come on in particular circumstances, but that it also can um, kind of diminish over time. So you may have like a 10-year mm-hmm. phase where it's like really impacting you, um, mm-hmm. but that it, it can get better. But that's really interesting that, that a couple people were just sort of like, ah, you got BPD, you know? Well, and, and they, at least one of those people said, this is just a catch-all for when we don't know exactly what's going on. And that was again at that time and now when i hear borderline talked about it is a very specific um thing and yeah so it's interesting i i mean and i don't i 
I, not to say that I don't fit the what I understand to be the current definition or or like you said that I didn't previously fit it um yeah I it's so funny mental health man it's uh and especially diagnosing it I just don't ever feel like and I've seen so many psychologists and psychiatrists and every single person it's like they they're like, well, this is the closest we can think of, but it's it's never like, oh, you a hundred percent have this. They're kind of right. often like, well, maybe maybe you're borderline two, or not borderline. Maybe you have bipolar two, or maybe you have this, or I guess they definitely the only thing they say definitely is, well, you definitely have depression. So yeah, well, and it, there's really tricky. One. Like I know with um, bipolar is one that, that is I find kind of confusing because um, we had a family friend and then. Uh, I guess I should be careful how I say this. I am close to someone who was once engaged to someone who had like yeah. a, I don't I don't know exactly how to cat, but like major bipolar disorder. Um, right. To, and I, when I say major, I mean substantially impacted this person's life. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's all different. Like there's bipolar two. There's you know variations where you don't necessarily have to have a manic episode. A hypomanic episode can count. Right. Um, but yeah, that is definitely very interesting. And uh, in the future, I do want to spend um, one or more episodes uh, discussing ADHD, which is, I think, a pretty yeah. interesting topic. And we both have kind of an interesting relationship. I don't. Did you say you haven't been formally diagnosed? Yeah, yeah, man. I don't or know. Kind of? I wish somebody would give me a paper that said this is your formal diagnosis of all the things. Right. Um, so recently, it's been posited that I might have ADHD and they don't again they're not like giving me a good like um I don't know like surety you know they're not well and when you're diagnosed as an adult to my understanding is that there's a limit to how sure they can be um I think to some extent right. they're just kind of looking at these symptoms and saying well this medication if taken as prescribed is safe so gotcha. we can kind of just go with that but um yeah, like as far as I know, the um, the neuropsych testing is really good at picking out ADHD in kids, but not so good uh, when they're adults. But some, like yeah. if you, for certain disability programs or um, certain accommodations, you still have to go through that whole process as an adult. Um, but anyway, so that's ADD is, is one where the definition and the exact diagnosis has changed pretty dramatically it's actually been around i think probably a lot longer than some people think i think it's it's over a hundred years um mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember the first thing it was called i know at one point it was like hyperkinetic disorder and it was they thought oh it was interesting specifically tied to movement um yeah but yeah i mean i assume most of these diagnoses have shifted pretty dramatically um I was going to say, the one thing that I know, too, about Borderline, uh, just to digress a little bit backwards, is uh, I think one of the big, like, driving features of it is an intense fear of abandonment. Um, and that seems right. to kind of be, like, a centrally motivating factor when you look at, like, the... Some of the other, I don't want to call them peripheral symptoms, but, like, some of the difficulties in relationships and things like that often stem from that set that main fear that the actions that you're taking are may seem irrational on the outside but the person has such a like crippling intense fear of being left alone um or or being left by someone that they love that um that's kind of what drives the other symptoms to form i may which makes sense i may be completely yeah. wrong about that well i mean well let's just pretend that you're you know 
an authority. <laughs> um, I, you, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, kind of. Yeah. For, definitely for my um, my younger days, that does fit. Totally. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Maybe on this podcast we'll figure out what the heck I am. Um, <laughs> that's that's a pretty but, ambitious thing. Yeah, our, our end yeah. goal is to like have each other completely psychoanalyzed. <laughs> right and that uh and i'll run i did a ride so it'll all just go together Mm-hmm. yeah sounds perfect uh okay so i did want to take a little break so i asked people if they had any questions they wanted to ask us right this very second um okay. and fritz said do you have a theme for the first episode or is it just kind of a free-for-all uh kind of <laughs> both we've got some stuff jotted down um we're still definitely figuring this out uh, yeah, I think we both probably work a little better just sort of extemporaneously, just kind of flying off the cuff, off the handle, or whatever it's called. Um, making up phrases and sayings is one of my favorite things. Uh, but I think we're also yeah. trying to be somewhat grounded. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do we have a theme? Well, I mean, yeah, I think we're feeling it out. And um, we're also, it's sort of odd. I mean, like, how many times have we like talked to each other's voices this must be like the fourth time or something right so we're sort yeah. of also getting to know each other and you know finding that rhythm of like how you talk to the other person and we're pretty good at like bantering online but that's mm-hmm. a different thing than than vocally talking to each other you um, know we should just I read think... out some of our text conversations because yeah. we'll like go off for hours about like some yep. like philosophical or cultural thing with both right. of us just making, if I may say, brilliant points. just And hilarious really, jokes, of course. Yeah, constantly. Um, and, <laughs> but yeah, and like, so I can, I can kind of barely hear you right now. Um, for anybody wondering, we are on the phone with each other, and then we are separately recording. Um, right. So this will probably sound better to you, like, by a lot than it does to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can hear you great. So on my end, the conversation is good. You're just you're just gonna have to make up what I'm saying, I guess. That's kind of what I've been doing. I mean, <laughs> so far your responses are very reasonable. So I think you're doing good. Yeah. If there's any just sort of like weird asides, someone did say something about they expected two people that have ADHD. There's going to be some digressions. So that's nice. That's a nice thing. Uh, Marina asked questions about the podcast or questions for you guys to answer on the podcast. I mean, we'll answer questions about the podcast on the podcast. So both. <laughs> um, yeah. I like this real-time thing. This is cool. This interaction. Oh, and I want to go back to, so we did get a couple of questions uh, about two years ago. I asked people if they had any questions for us. This is a question oh, wow. from Addison Brother. No, not, it was just like a week or two ago. June right, 10th. right. Same difference. Um, who is Austin Hancock and why has he been lying to us about who he is? I, I don't know who he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Kelly would like to ask the pups a question. And okay. she wants to know who's a good boy. Mm. Um, Kevin. Kevin? Just yeah. Kevin? Just Kevin. That's all. Okay. And she did Every, amend it. I everyone said else is he, naughty. Well, I told her that Ophelia, Bonnie, Hooch, Annie, Marnie, and Lincoln may get offended at that exact wording, so she did change right. it to who's a good dog. Oh, okay. Well, then all of them. Okay. That's good. There but isn't only one Kevin that's is a like, good boy. 
But there is there isn't one that's been just kind of shirking their duties. Like um, sort of... you know what? Everybody's been pretty good, but I will say that there is there is one standout um, not good boy, and I and that's Ollie. I mean, okay. he's kind of half and half, but you know, you got to figure out where the scales get tipped on the now, naughtiness and the. Is this because Ollie is technically Sean's dog? <laughs> well, hmm. Are you Maybe like I'll biased? Maybe I'll fifth on that so that I can get married in five days when I'm supposed to. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about that after the after the vows are signed and or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, which I guess that's another announcement. Can we talk about that in the podcast? You for sure. Are getting married yeah. very soon. I know I'm getting hitched. It's weird. I I avoided it for 33 years, and now the time has come. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually it's actually really um, cool and kind of scary, and um, I still I guess have a fear that it's like not going to happen at the last minute or something. You know, like Sean's going to suddenly wake up and realize, oh my god, who are you? And I. I just realized I don't want to be with you, so I I'll just have that fear right up till Sunday. Yeah, I don't Sunday. think that's going to happen, but yeah, they say that that kind of, those like last minute, um, I guess that's not exactly jitters, that's more like worrying that the other person has jitters, but um, yeah. you did, you texted me a picture of the cake, which looks insanely mm. delicious. Yeah, just my buddy so... Karen, um, who, hang on, I'm going to look up the exact thing on Instagram, so my my good friend Kieran, who is one of my um, my best friends from college, and who I guess my one of my longest standing best friends, um, he is a theater guy and a, just a brilliant dude. But he also randomly, um, well, I guess maybe not that randomly, but he um, started he started baking cakes, and they're really phenomenal. And everyone should go check out his account. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now, but the internet's not being very good. I'm pretty sure it's, it's on Instagram as Kieran Bakes Cakes. And, um, his name is spelt K-I-E-R-A-N. And, oh my God, it's like mouthwateringly good. He, so he and I were going to start a company that, so he was going to bake cakes and I was going to have a company called CakeShavings.com, which I still consider doing because you know, when you're like sculpting a cake, you end up with all these like extra cake pieces. And, um, you know, I just figured I could sell them on the internet or eat them because somebody's got to do it. Okay. So you kind of cut out there, but I'm picking up this sort of like an Etsy cake thing. Yeah. With a lot less work than Etsy. Okay. I would just put the cake shavings in a box or maybe I might just put a note in the box that says, I ate these cake shavings on your behalf. Here you oh, go. shavings. I thought you were talking about, like, shapes. Well, Kieran's making the shapes, and I'm taking the shavings off and um, and selling them. As you can Man. see, another scheme. I really like schemes. Yeah, so. he does like schemes. And just, boy, listeners, aren't you lucky that I'm just taking just a fucking stab in the dark at what he's saying? <laughs> and I guess I was sort of at the ballpark, but... I hope you guys are enjoying this. It is kind of amusing on this end, but I do apologize. Um, oh, we've been God. trying to get this recorded for a while. So I, we're just going to try to soldier through it. I don't know if that's wise. Um, but yeah, so that, that sounds awesome. Great. And yeah, the, so are you going to have like the dogs, any of the dogs be involved in like the ceremony or anything? Um, We are hoping to have the puppies 
there. We can't have them in the building, but I think we're going to have, like, make a little puppy pen outside so they can hang out. And mm-hmm. I think that Sean wants their dog, Jesse, to be there for sure. He's right. our old man dog. So, um, yeah, well, well, they'll be dogs. There's always dogs. So mm-hmm. definitely some of them will yeah, be there. Yeah, you were telling me you have some experience sneaking dogs in suitcases and duffel bags. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, well, yes. So there was a couple instances where we had to sneak Ophelia into um, hotels and, um, oh gosh, I hope the Regency Hotel or wherever the heck we were is not listening. But um, yes, what when Ophelia was a very happen? small is, that's puppy. That's not a crime, is it? Oh God, no! I hope not. Um, that anyway, that has to be something with the statute of limitations, right? Like puppy sneaking. Right, right, right. It's been it's I been two years. I hope so. Uh, yeah, but we I did put Ophelia in a duffel bag one time, a very large duffel bag with lots of room, and I like carried her very carefully, and she was totally fine with it. She was like, Meh, "Oh well, I guess I'm going to sleep here," so that uh, I could get her up to the room safely. And, um, yeah, so she's a good, she's a good suitcase dog. It's pretty, pretty impressive skill. I don't think it would work anymore though. Uh, I think that time has passed now that she's like a 60 pound dog. You never know. <laughs> Should we That'd try it again, dumb. Ophelia? That'd be like good. Oh yeah, Ophelia's in the room, isn't she? Yeah, she did not respond to me at all. She's passed out right now, so I think well, she does she not care queen. about this. Yep, she's the queen. That's what we call her around here. That's what we say to keep her appeased. But um, yeah, she's uh, she's very full of herself. I think riding in suitcases, you know, makes one makes one full of themselves. So she feels all fancy or something. She thinks like that's like her her carriage, her like oh yeah, her, her litter. Rolls Royce or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we do have another question from Rebecca. Okay. Uh, okay. She would like to know the best thing about being a pup at a tail. Is it the accommodation, <laughs> the scritches, the open bar policy? I think that refers to milk. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the sweet new condo with an outside view. Also, whose paws are the most Frito-ish and getting too big for their body? All right. So... Um... Let's see. I'll answer answer a couple of those. I I hope that the best thing is uh, the scritches and playtime and fun. Um, you know, we do a lot of social interaction with these guys and try Lots to make of moose. Yeah, no, no social interaction with moose. No, um, but uh, the biggest paws are probably Lincoln's right now. They're very large, so I think she might become a big, bigger dog. And um, the most Frito-ish feet are still Ophelia's. Uh, I think my understanding of the Frito feet is it does take some time for that smell to develop because it's actually, sorry, I think it's a bacteria thing. Um, Ah. So, yeah, the puppies don't have Frito feet yet. They have um, just soft, soft, sweet little feet. I asked what's mush obliged. I don't think we can answer (laughs) that. Should we talk about that? We didn't start. We didn't intro this episode at all. Oh yeah, like well, who the heck are that, you? Uh, Forty minutes <laughs> in, let's do the introduction. <laughs> all right, so, let's do it. Uh, Mush Obliged is a podcast about sled dogs 
and mental health. Yeah, and... Um, Is there, am I supposed to say more? <laughs> well, I was just going to riff off that and say, because those two things are, you know, what you always think about. When you think about sled dogs, you think about mental health. When you think about mental health, you think about sled dogs, right? Yeah, well, we do. I mean, I figure everyone else <laughs> does, too. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, for me, I do, because sled dogs are kind of my coping mechanism in a lot of ways. Mushing is one of the only places that I feel centered and grounded and it's, it's where I am able to be. Um, yeah, it's, it's what I'm able to do to cope with life. And, um, and it seems surprisingly to me that a lot of people out there find sled dogs and find our stories online to be, I guess, helpful. And, um, and then, you know, I do end up talking about mental health a lot because it's a big part of my life. I've struggled with mental health issues uh, since I was a kid, probably, and definitely since I was in high school. And, um, yeah, I try to be open and candid about that because uh, I think, funnily, we're not that open about it in our society. And um, I think it's good to be honest and be clear about what we struggle with. So that seems to have connected with some people, I guess. Um, okay, wow. I, also... you know, I'm really rethinking this because my whole strategy is just lie about everything, never show weakness, uh, <laughs> never, never self-analyze, never examine anything, be hypocritical, right. just yeah. run through life like a bull. Um, yeah. So I don't well, know if we can do yeah. this. Mm. Well, I mean, let's let's each try with our own approach as we go through this podcast, and let's see what happens. It's like an experiment. Mm, yeah, perfect. We're, we are scientists. Yeah, we are scientists in the sled dog and mental healthery of life. Oh, so someone asked about the theme of the episode, and I guess the mental health theme was going to be uh, depression and anxiety. Did we still want to do that? About this episode? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of we're organizing on the fly. I'm hoping everybody doesn't mind the uh, peak inside. Yeah. Back. Uh, dang it. What What would you say? Uh, backstage. Ba I don't know. Yeah. Words. Backstage pass. <laughs> behind the scenes. There you go. VIP. Everyone's VIP. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good place to start because I think we both deal with at least one of those, right? Yeah. But, hey... Before we get into that, uh, in the longest intro in the world, who the heck are you? Uh, my name is Austin. I, yeah. let's see, I'm a fake internet dog lawyer. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> trying to figure out, I guess I'm a podcaster now. I can claim that. Um, I've yeah. got a couple of music degrees. I am kind of trying to figure out whether or not I want to be a trumpet player. Um, yeah. I, let's see, world domination. I'm planning on writing at least two great American novels someday. Nice. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to get greedy. I think two is enough. Um, yeah. That's about it. And who are you? Uh, I'm Will, and um, I am a trans guy, and uh, I recently began transitioning. Um, I sometimes like to call myself the musher formerly known as Marie. Um, Marie is the name I had 
uh, at birth and that I've carried around with me for 33 years. So I just recently started going by will. So you might either, um, I don't know if we would for some reason reference old articles or, or whatever. So you might see my name as Marie. Um, but yeah, I'm Will, and that's a strange thing. I I mean, that must be the, maybe it's like the 10th time I've said that out loud. Uh, oh, really? So it's something I'm still getting used to. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it online a lot, but I don't really say it out loud. And I don't, um, the other thing is I don't hear that name very often because, again, I'm, I work from home. I live in a cabin in the woods and, uh, you know, I don't go out into the world. And so it's only very recently that I've even been hearing my name, Will. And it's oh, funny because wow. I don't, I don't hear it very often. Um, like, I mean, I don't, people will say, Will, Will, and I'm, I'm not, I don't register it. You know, I'm still getting used to that, that name. But anyway, yeah, I'm a trans guy and I've been mushing, um, since I was 15 so, um, yeah, getting towards, um, got math, getting towards 20 years here in, a, in the next couple of years. Um, and I have a sled dog kennel up in Fairbanks, Alaska with my partner, Sean. And, um, yeah, we have right now we have, uh, 22 dogs, uh, right. And this summer, a bunch of them are, are working up on a glacier. They're given sled dog tours and, being awesome and so at home we only have a handful of dogs we have the puppies and yeah we have hopes and plans to have some more but we'll see and the whole goal is to run Iditarod in 2021 and a big part of that goal is to prove or to show that you can do big things like you know finishing the Iditarod even when you deal with mental health issues um, that's always been a big goal of the kennel we are so unorganized. We were going to um, start off saying pronouns, too. So uh, I think we both use he, him pronouns, and I am is a cisgendered dude. So nice. uh, yep. I think, yeah, we, we had a plan to say all this stuff neatly at the top right. of each episode, and that is completely right. gone to hell. So Yeah, I think, that's our, I think that's very on brand for us. Uh-huh. So I did run. So you want to run in 2021. Yep. Um, and if there's for some reason somebody who has found this podcast and doesn't know what Iditarod is, it is um, one of the longest sled dog races in the world. It is kind of like the premier sled dog race. Um, it's a thousand mile long, a thousand miles long. It goes from uh, Willow, Alaska to Nome, Alaska, and it covers all kinds of territory um, from mountains to literally running on ocean ice to everything in between. And um, it's been my dream to run Iditarod ever since my family moved to Alaska in 1993. Uh, and yeah, for me, the big thing is besides sort of, like I said, showing you can do um, tough things whilst, while dealing with mental health issues. The other thing is just this idea of, of accomplishing an adventure with, with this team of dogs and the dogs are they're my family they're my friends and but most of all they're my team and I don't I wish there was better words to explain I mean maybe the closest thing it sounds corny but they're they're my pack like they're not pets they're not um I really don't feel like I own them they're 
they're my buddies. They're like my, my buddies in the trenches, you know, they are, um, we are all part of the team. I would say I'm probably the, the weakest part of the team in a lot of ways. I, I only have two legs. Um, I sure can't run as fast as them, but at least I can pitch in and give them food at the checkpoints and make sure that they rest the best they can at the checkpoints. And I get the privilege of going along with them on this adventure. So, um, yeah, gosh, sorry, I, yeah, I sound kind of sappy, but it's a pretty big deal uh, to be able to do that. Um, I was going to make a joke. I was going to ask if they have gnomes in Gnome, Alaska. And then you started talking all lovingly and inspirationally about your dog. I didn't want to interrupt with some dumb joke. <laughs> well, I'm glad you figured out a way to slot it in here at the end. There's I got definitely it. I got to throw the... it in. I'm yeah, right, right, she right. wanted in awkwardly. It's going to get in there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's all the, uh, there's all the gnome jokes. Uh, gnome Alaska is spelled N-O-M-E. My mom's favorite gnome joke is, um, so my mom is part of a group called the Canine Fairies. And they, uh, so at the beginning of Iditarod, you can watch the start out in Willow. And then people will stand alongside the trail for like quite a ways at the beginning of the trail because it's accessible by snow snowmobile aka snow machines um and um so people will go out and cheer and so my mom's group this the canine fairies they go out along the trail they dress up as fairies whatever that means to them and they cheer on the dogs and they're saying that they like to say is there's no place like gnome there's no place like gnome so uh-huh. that's pretty funny yeah uh, it's so. incredibly funny yeah yeah I both tell really bad jokes and I'm incredibly critical of them it's, it's a tight balance that I walk listen I'm gonna send my mom after you about these about your opinion on bad jokes and my mom is a clown so you know there you go for mental health issues I'm just kidding the clown thing probably had nothing to do with my mental health issues but she is a clown she's actually going to um you never know I mean it definitely I feel like it definitely is a little bit of like the puzzle like these little things that start to like click into place right just knowing more about you I remember when I heard that (laughs) it was sort of like when I learned that my music history teacher's mom was English like British and right. it was like all these things clicked. It's like, oh yeah, he's not like rude or like strict. He's just part British. Like he's just very kind right. of formal. <laughs> so what? What is that? What's my association with being a clown? I don't know. Um, I you seem to. So maybe this is incorrect, but my notion of a clown and like class clown and just a sort of clowning is, you're kind of willing to make a fool of yourself, but you're sort of in control of it. Um. And so I guess it seems like you, so just as an example, um, and I think this is still active. So if you give Will small donations, he will eat disgusting things or do things that are kind of weird or something. Um, I don't know if that's still, but yeah, that was something that you had like advertised is that for like small donations, you'd eat some dog food or something. And I feel like that, it's not exactly debasing yourself, but it is sort of like. I very like just willing to be open maybe to a level most people aren't for others amusement yeah that's a really good way to put it my dad always said one of his favorite things about my mom was that she had a great sense of humor well has she's still around and um and uh 
is willing to laugh at herself, you know, and both my parents like find that to be important. And actually that's something that I really like about Sean is that Sean is able to laugh at themselves and, um, yeah. So I think you're spot on. Hey everybody. It's Austin and Will. Uh, just a couple of notes before we wrap up the episode. Um, I don't know how many times it happened during this episode, but I think one or both of us uh, were using words like crazy or nuts or insane. Uh, we do not intend that to be offensive. We don't think of those things as like morally uh, bad or um, negative. Uh, those are just conversational habits that right. we are both trying to break. We recognize that that's offensive and that's not a great thing to hear, especially when someone's being very flip. Even if we're not intending harm, uh, it can still happen and it's clumsy and uh, just it's not a good thing for us to do. So we are trying to fix that. So we apologize uh, for any of those instances and we will try to do better. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, well, we were also just kind of talking about that a little bit, how interesting it is that... um, you know, how much weight those words can have. And yet at the same time, how we as a society tend not to think about that. And I think it's important that we are practicing being more self-aware. I mean, I think that's the whole mental health journey is just being more cognizant and just trying more and more to see more clearly and to see ourselves more clearly, which I guess kind of goes back to the, the psychopathy thing really like, um, you said, you know, if somebody is asking that question of themselves, it probably means they are not, um, or theoretically not a sociopath or whatever. But I think it's important that we ask questions of ourselves and challenge ourselves to do better. And that includes like adjusting our language and, you know, interrogating what different words mean and, and trying hard not to, um, not to just flippantly use things that have been comfortable to us before, uh, mm-hmm. which is really tricky and it's really tough to navigate. But uh, I also think we can do it. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about this over a little bit of a break. Um, one example that we've come up with is um, that, you know, it's generally more accepted now to use the word enslaved peoples as opposed to slaves. And the reason is, um, to, in my mind, it's, really an issue of how correct the word is uh enslaved peoples makes it very clear that this is something that has been done to people this isn't something that they were born with it's not an inherent uh you know characteristic of them it's not something they fell into or something that was partly their fault this is an evil action that was perpetrated you know by people right and so that's just an example i i don't think of this as I mean, it's in one way I can understand people thinking it's a very kind of minor thing, but it's just more correct in my mind. And so we are going to try to do better with that. Um, this is something I think we'd like to talk with, talk about uh, definitely in, in more depth later on other episodes. But we did want to throw a little bit of a note uh, right at the end here because we, I think, both kind of feel bad and just not watching our language. Yeah, and, um, you know, it is just an important thing to practice and it has to do also with transness um that's definitely something that i'm aware of uh as i transition and have been thinking a lot about you know the use of pronouns um is really important and there i've been reading there are a lot of um sort of studies out or something that say um that using uh especially like youths and kids correct pronouns and names is 
like the number one suicide prevention tool for for young people for young trans people particularly mm-hmm. um and just respecting that and hearing that you know words matter yep and there's just uh i think one thing that this podcast kind of values is the inherent dignity uh of every person and that they're just our basic rights um and respect granted to someone because of their humanity And yeah, so then coming up in the next, uh, you know, swath of episodes, I think we're going to try to focus um, on different specific mental health topics, right? So we're going to talk maybe about depression in one episode, maybe anxiety in one. And as Mm -hmm. we mentioned, it's probably not, that's not going to be the be all and end all of those discussions because those are all topics that interweave with our own mental health journeys and will be, you know, points of discussion throughout our whole run. But um, we thought it would be good to break down uh, some individual topics. And like you have definitely wanting wanted to be talking about ADHD and ADD. So look for that in the next couple episodes, kind of a more specific chat about each of those um, and maybe some other ones. Um per episode as we uh, start to, to go through this. So thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned next time for more ridiculousness and uh, lots of banter and tangents. Hijinks. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Austin. Thank you, Will. All right. Bye. I'm not going to hang up on you, though. I just said bye. Wait, you're supposed to say onward. Oh, yeah. Oops. Onward. I didn't... Actually, <laughs> I was debating about that. So, okay. All right. We're still recording. At least I'm still recording. Uh-huh. So listen, people. My my kennel saying is onward, but, you know, I was like... I mean, I used that for my whole life. I actually just sent Austin a piece of writing about fear that I wrote, I think, like, four years ago or maybe more. And at the end of that, I wrote Onward. And that's like totally my motto. And I think it's a really good motto and a good mental health motto. But then uh-huh. I was like, well, I don't know. It feels kind of lame to, oh, see, I use the word lame, which is a terrible word to use. That's very ableist. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to use that. Um, calling myself out on that. Um, so, it, but it's not good to, um, I felt like it was not very cool, I guess, to, to use that for absolutely everything. So I was trying to figure out maybe there's something else we can sign off with. Um, you know, like blowhole is innocent. Okay. Stop recording. God damn it. No blowhole is innocent. He's an innocent. Good boy. He is sweet, majestic, generous, beautiful. He has a beautiful singing voice. (sighs) This uh, Uh every time. Mm -hmm. So which one of us is editing this podcast and whose perspective will come through? Okay. Well, (sighs) all i can do is sigh with resignation (laughs) that's right all right well uh should we hit should we hit stop and let the people listen to our silliness sure all right uh one two three stop